Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top-shelf equipment and designers for broadcast, concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know that this is your most important event. It is their goal to make you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of LD at Large podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I am the designer relations developer at Ayrton Lighting, as well as columnist for PLSN, LD at Large. I hope you guys are all still reading, subscribing, and listening. I'm here today with my very good friend, lighting designer, programmer, director at Infinitus Fox, Tony Caporali. Thank you so much for being with me today. I appreciate you taking the time. Hey, Chris. Tony Cavarelli is the is a Parnelli Award-winning lighting director. Uh, most people have seen his work recently on Billie Eilish. Uh, it is only fitting today that we are having this podcast because I was supposed to be in Detroit at Little Caesars Arena to go hang out with Tony. So instead of getting to hang out in person, we are uh, socially distancing ourselves. I'm in Canada <laughs> and Tony is in Nashville. Uh, just outside yep, yep. of Nashville. We have both washed our hands before we started this, and uh, I really appreciate you being here, buddy. Dude, glad to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, just really cool just to catch up with you, man. And it was a bummer because I remember you showing me that uh, the video of your kids' reaction when you guys knew you were coming to the show, and it just you know warms my heart to see like the kids all excited about that. And rest assured, they will be at the reschedule 100%, I promise you. Ah, you're more than kind. <laughs> I make sure to do that. I don't ask for tickets often, uh, but when I do, I want to show that uh, that I didn't ask on a whim or just any sort of reason that was unworthy yeah. of bothering you. I wanted you to know that it really made my kids' day. My, my son is a dancer, and he loves... Uh, Bad guy? I think he loves bad yeah. guy. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good one, man. I mean, you know, there's definitely an etiquette. I think we always try to follow with that sort of thing. And, you know, I think it's definitely a respect amongst our own peers, how we know each other and how we go about that. I don't think as, as long as you're not out there waving your hand like, hey, you know, hook me up. Uh, you know, I think that there's there's definitely a give and take. You always try to remember each other that way. If that person sorted you out, you would do the same for them in another situation. So, you know, I think it's just a level of respect we have amongst with each other and our peers and just the way I go about it. So anytime, it's always my pleasure. Absolutely. It does feel weird asking another grown man for tickets to go see a, a teenage girl. <laughs> uh, dude, doing her it's show. funny. But uh, I guess that's the deal that you you uh, you get to deal with that all the time working for an up and coming artist. I, yeah, I can't it's, even it's, say up and coming anymore. Right. Well, it, it's it's funny, like you know, uh, the volume that I've gotten in ticket requests has 
uh, quadrupled, I would definitely say, you know, I mean, not to say anyone else was boring that I've worked with, but, you know, with, with the kids, it's really just like, you know, man, you get like dad of the year points, dude. Like, you know, I mean, like by all means, I, I'm helping out families by hooking them up with uh, child and uh, parent relationships, if you will. So I, I'm happy to <laughs> to do that anytime if it can help out your your household. So uh, take note, guys. Uh, but anyways, uh, but yeah, man, working for an up and coming artist has been great. And to be honest, I've always kind of dreamed of it. Um, I think all of us did in a way when we got into this, you know, you always kind of wanted to take the ride with like an artist that was up and coming and, you know, just going through the roof and, I really caught Billy at a really, you know, very just appropriate time. You know, it was her first big Coachella performance. Um, Core Design and Fireplay teamed up, um, put out a really killer design that they invited me to lighting direct on. And I'm so very humble for the opportunity to, one, work with those guys in a capacity and to take care of their tour. So, I mean, it's really taken me some crazy places and um, I'm forever grateful. But, you know, um, you know, when you start in this business, you have that ambition to really just come up with a young artist and just nurture. I mean, gosh, when I started, when I was a club LD, I was the guy that's like, yeah, I want to be with this band and I'm going to work with them for 25 years and be their LD and come up with them. And like, you have these beliefs and, you know, 16 years later in this business, I guess I still kind of do in a way, you know, it just took me 16 years to really find that act to really just come up with, you know, <laughs> but, um, but it, it's been a blessing, um, you know, and, you know, it's, it's just a blessing to work with Billy and Phineas, her, her older brother, you know, uh, you know, no one really knows a lot about that dynamic, you know, Phineas, her brother, you know, produces pretty much all of her music. Uh, they write together. Um, you know, sometimes Billy will pen a tune and he might help her. So, you know, there's a good dynamic there. And, you know, a lot of up and coming artists, I feel like, you know, they're figuring out what they want when they're, you know, making a ride and just learning more about themselves and what they want out of their art. Whereas them too, man, it's just, they know already. It's, it's really a cool process. Like Billy is extremely visual. So when I talk to her about things, obviously that pertain to me and my job visually, um, she's quite good at conveying what she wants, um, which makes my life easier. And, you know, I got to say, it's, it's very easy to work with, um, within those parameters. You know, I think a lot of people can have misconception that you, when you're working with a, a younger person like that, you're like, Oh my God, it must be not being It's like, I mean, they're just, they're very disciplined for their age. Even in Phineas musically, I mean, there's not a lot of bands out there that have the producer as a band member as well. So you have access to all these really neat things between the two of them. And I think that's what makes the job fun and all the music so fresh that, you know, we get to come up with new fresh ideas on how we want to like them. Um, accenting music and just the cool kind of crazy stuff that they come up with, with their beats and all that stuff. So it's, it's really, really fun. And, you know, up and coming artists. Yeah. But, they're definitely more seasoned than you think for sure. As far as I know, their parents were very supportive of their art as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Patrick and Maggie are great, great human beings, man. Um, <laughs> I almost strive to be a parent like that. You know, they, they're really cool about letting their kids just convey their art and their emotions and their feelings. You know, um, I know that the, the one story that's going around is like, they never used to have a bedtime. 
um, as long as they were playing music, you know, and obviously it's something that's been passionate with them too, since they were kids. And, you know, you never really had to go to bed as long as you're honing your craft, I guess, or your, your passion, you know, and I think that's a cool, that's a cool rule of thumb for people, you know, you don't really see that a lot. And just to see how like their encouragement as parents to nurture their, their passion and crafts, you know, I think that's really cool. Um, that's a you know, great way to encourage those 10,000 hours to professionalism for sure. Right. And that's why I say, I was like, well, that's probably how they deal with it so gracefully because they honed it for so many years from a young age, you know, it's almost like, you know, you're just waiting to do this, you know, for real, you know, and now they get to, you know. What's but, an yeah. example of some sort of a, a visual inspiration that Billy's come up with? Um, visual inspiration. <laughs> I gotta say the Elo Milos. So the the little video game of Elo and Milo. Uh, I mean, I'm not too familiar with it, but from what I've read, it's it's a video game she used to play, and she loved those things so much that it became a piece of her content. Um, and then from the content, it evolved to this year. They are now uh, flying inflatables. They are essentially drones that will fly around the arena. <laughs> so if you take any kind of visual concepts from Billy, uh, I think, you know, she's definitely an advocate of bringing it to life as much as possible. You know, um, there's a piece of content last year where it was more of an animation of her falling from a bed. Now the gag is this year. We actually, we literally have her falling from a bed in real time this year as a human. So, you know, I think she's definitely a person for really trying to push the rea- the limits of reality um, and bringing, I guess, the visions in her brain uh, as much as a, a reality to her fans. You know, I think that's what makes her so unique. Right on. That is impressive. That's how uh, the natural progression should work. I would, I would imagine that we can film it and it has some impact. Let's mm-hmm. do it in real life and see if we get additional impact. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, just when you see those things fly out there, it reminds you just like, you know, when the pigs, you know, flew out there in the Pink Floyd shows and just like, there's like almost a homage there in a way, you know, for me personally, because I grew up listening more like the, you know, jam bands, like, you know, Pink Floyd's, you know, Grateful Dead's and Fish, like that was my stuff. I was... I was the hippie back in the day. Uh, so, you know, I, I really was inspired by the show. So to have kind of like a homage to that as part of our show is really, you know, it's very comforting and, and cool to me, you know, it just, it, it's, it's cool, you know, oh my gosh, you get to see this huge thing fly around your ring and it has a light inside of it that lights up. So when I blast the MDG ones around the arena a little bit more, you can kind of see this little like pin light poking out from its bottom, almost, you know, Close by its buttocks, I would say. And Elo Milo's buttocks. It would be, <laughs> I think the concept was that it looks like a farting Elo Milo, I think was the whole concept of it all. But anyways, that's the that's the madness that the Moment Factory guys and her that they come up with on that concept. So it's it's pretty neat to see how that kind of came to life, like looking at creative decks and then actually seeing it, the darn thing flying around the arena. So, yeah. That's a lot of fun. It's, uh, it definitely sounds like you've found uh, your niche to be out there. Sounds like this one's going to last for quite a while. I hope so, man. I think it's like, I I just want to, I want to go to work for her. You know, I think that's kind of like the thing that I'm trying to separate myself with, with a lot of folks, like, you know, a lot of, I don't know, I just caught the Jerry Maguire approach, I guess, you know, it's like, I want to take care of that one client. I mean, 
if I have time to take care of others, I'm more than open to do it, but I want to do it right. You know, I don't want to pollute myself with so many things that I can't give my full concentration to, you know, where I want it, you know. Does her touring schedule uh, allow that? Is she going to be, is she one week on? Is she multiple months on? Um, Multiple months on, um, but I kind of been able to find more ways of doing things. I mean, you know, when you're out for a couple months, you're down for a couple weeks, you know, it's when I used to work in country, you know, you'd go out on the weekend and then you'd be back for a few days during the weekdays and then, gone again on the weekend so it's just kind of like hurry up and you know and go kind of thing you know I kind of felt like that was a thing with my children um where I would always be hustling to be a dad I guess like you know I'd be you know trying to in a limited amount of time go ride a bike uh get him to school bring him back to school do homework and then pack and then leave and then come back and just recycle that and I felt it doesn't, wasn't working for me, you know, um, while I enjoyed the country market of being more accessible, um, I found that I've been able to concentrate and help my children thrive when I've had longer stays at home instead of being back and forth so much. Um, you know, in the pop world, um, pop rock world, you know, you typically have your two to three months at a time uh, when you're gone. And um, to be honest, with a good support system at home, it's, it's sustained well and works well. Uh, I haven't been divorced yet. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, I got a really tough wife. Um, I got a really awesome uh, mother-in-law that helps nanny them. My wife still works full time. So, um, you know, it's a good support system and, you know, I just do what I can to make it work and be there for my children when I can be. Um, I think it's just more about being accessible is the biggest thing, you know, just cause we're on the road doesn't mean everything, all lines of communication are cut off. You have to try to make yourself as accessible to your family as possible. You know, I can recall one time <laughs> we had a uh, festival in Stockholm and, you know, I was FaceTiming my son's soccer game, you know, back in the artist compound. There's a lot of Palooza Stockholm, actually. And, you know, I'm sitting there with a few of the crew guys just sitting there watching him play a soccer game, you know, and it's just, you know, str- you know, striving to find the Wi-Fi that you can get a hold of in Stockholm, Sweden to watch your son's soccer game. I mean, that's what it takes to make, you know, a family work doing this job and doing the crazy shit that we do, you know? Yeah. There's Jessica looking like she's the one filming the entire show and it's actually being live streamed to Stockholm. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of cool. I mean, and again, it's just, even though I feel like I'm not there physically, I want to feel like I'm there for them spiritually in a way, you know, she lets them know that I'm watching on the phone and when the game's done, I'm talking to them in the car immediately since the game's done. And granted, it's probably not the best quality in the world, but I think just like I said, the fact that you're making an attempt and that you're trying to participate, it means the world to them, you know, and it kind of lessens the blow for yourself while you're out there. I feel, you know, she always says like, Hey, I can record it and send it to you later. But for me, like being there live means a lot more to me, you know, even if I'm on the other side of the country on a phone, you know, I just, like I said, it's that whole participation thing. That's really big for me. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been, uh, uh, a face on a screen at many a PTA meetings myself. Being, yeah. Yeah. Just being able to listen there live and just kind of chime in. You're like, Hey, Sharon, pick me up and let me talk to the, talk to the school nurse or something, you know? Yeah. 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 Something that we, 
it's it's definitely not the same as being in person, but it's it's better than being completely not absent. being there at all. One hundred percent. And you know, for the for the folks that were doing this, the OGs, as I'll call it, that were doing this, that didn't have technology, I commend you because life was probably so much farther off. You know, not having that kind of technology at your fingertips to communicate with your family. So I commend you, and um, and also praise science and technology for giving us these tools to stay married. <laughs> yeah. What, what's it like for you to actually FaceTime with your sons? Uh, they are six and three, if I remember. Yeah, they're six and three. They are interesting, interesting humans. Um, it's kind of funny. Like my wife and I always joke, it's, it's an even split. Um, the oldest is very much like me, uh, personality wise and looks wise. And the youngest is very much like her personalities and looks wise. And it's kind of funny, like, you know, when you have your own children, I'm sure you can agree with this. Like there's certain actions and things that they'll do where you're like, Oh my God, that's something I would totally do. <laughs> so there's a lot of those moments you have as a parent. And then there's also ones where it's like, when they do something, it's like, that's something my wife would do, you know? So it, it's just funny. It's a good dynamic. Um, we, and the, the one thing that they, don't have of me is they all they both have blue eyes they got their mom's eyes but uh pretty much the the other one uh my oldest definitely <laughs> resembles me a lot and the youngest resembles her and they're just really good kids they're the sweetest boys in the world i mean i just i just hope and pray that i can just be a good parent to them as my father was you know my father was very supportive uh you know, just financially, I think that my biggest fear for them is just failing them as a parent. I like, I, you know, I kind of like, not that I don't care about like, the, the business or anything like that. I love our business, I, you know, but my biggest fear is not like failing at our business, but failing as a parent. I think that's my biggest thing. I think that I have as a worry in the world, like, you know, I want them to succeed. And I always tell people, it's like, man, if my kids are grown and they're on their own two feet and taking care of themselves and sustaining themselves. I am fine with leaving this earth. You know, um, I just want to make sure that I take care of them and help them to that point in their lives to where I know that they're okay, you know, and they can live their life, you know, and I know it's kind of morbid to say, but I, I truly do feel that way. Just about just watching my children, just be able to be nurtured in life, you know, not just, mm, you know, be there without a parent, you know, cause I know a lot of families have to deal with that and struggle with that. And, you know, it's a tough thing to go through. So, um, but that's just me being selfless, I guess. Anyways. How is it uh, actually when they're holding the FaceTime and you're, you're reaching through the, through the digital black mirror of sorts? You know, well, um, well, I, you know, it, <laughs> If I could get them just to keep it still, it'd be a lot easier, you know, but at the time it's just kind of like, you're getting to speak with them. So you just got to make sure that, you know, you're well aware that you're going to be getting tumbled around like a laundry machine. You know, um, it's kind of funny. Like when my littlest has it, I know like I'm going for a ride, you know, <laughs> I, I, you know I'm going to be staring at the ceiling for a while and, you know, he's going to be running around screaming at the top of his lungs. Whereas my oldest will sit there and show me his, Hey, how's my tooth look? Cause he just lost his front tooth not long ago. So like every time I talk to him now, he's just like showing off his missing front tooth. Um, and then he'll tell me about, um, this girl that chases him around at the playground every day. I usually get that one. 
And, <laughs> and then the youngest is, oh, uh, the youngest has just got his potty training down. So now I hear a lot about pee and poop in the toilet uh, as of late. So, oh, we have to be so interested and we, we oh, got to be so excited about every, every little movement. Hey, man, I'm, I'm just excited that I'm just getting these kids out of diapers because, you know, that stuff was not cheap. You know, so like, let, let be thankful, like when you're out of diapers and you can actually save a couple hundred bucks and, you know, from all the diapers you got to go through. So uh, praise the Lord to that, man. Absolutely. Uh, do you ever find it real difficult to try and discipline them through FaceTime? No, nah, honestly, you know, <laughs> they fear their mother more than they do me. So like, uh, easy answer. No, uh, it's just more so like, you know, if they're misbehaving, they typically know when they do. I think that's uh, a very good blessing that I have with my children right now. It's like, you know, a lot of times when they're doing stuff, they don't, they either know when they do it or they don't. So they know when to knock it off. I and mean, typically like anytime I have to really just get on them is really just about when they can't share. Cause like usually when the oldest is doing something, the youngest has to want to do it too. You know, got to the point where I think my mother-in-law was literally buying them the same identical toys. If I remember correctly, just because it's like, Oh, well, great. We want to have them, you know, fight over them. But it's like, that doesn't teach them to share. So like, I kind of had to tell them to back off of that a little bit because it's like, you're, you're not helping them have the reality of being able to share with one another, which is a thing they need to learn, you know? <laughs> so, you know, I just like, you just can't solve it by just buying an identical toy. I was like, come on. But, um, but it did work. Don't, don't get me wrong. The mentality did work, but in the long run of things, I was like, well, we eventually probably want to move away from that so we can actually teach them how to share better with one another. Um, but, uh, you know, the youngest man, he's, he's got the temper though. I mean, my oldest, he'll get a little whiny, but the youngest is just, he'll just get mean. Yeah. He'll just scream at the top of his lungs at you and then hit you in the arm, you know, but that's, that's my youngest. Hey, then I mentioned he resembles my wife, but anyways, <laughs> sorry, honey, if you're listening, but anyways, the yeah. exact same toys. That sounds almost uh, too egalitarian. Yeah, very, very no, much One's so. six and one's three. They're into different things. No, no doubt. No, I, I, well, the thing is, though, what's universal for them, too, is dinosaurs. I mean, dinosaurs through and through, like, them, them two being two separate ages are, they're just dinosaurs. Like, they know more dinosaur names than I do. Probably you as well. It's impressive. But anyways, I digress. I, I don't know when we lose our desire to hang out with dinosaurs because uh, my kids. It's still there. Still there? I, I think so. You know, it just it rekindles in a way because, like, when we went to Disney, and I think there's like a ride there where you have to, like, is it a. It's a something, a source, we'll call it. But, anyways, you have to. You have to get this dinosaur out before in a spaceship and you have to transfer it before, you know, other dinosaurs eat you in, you know, your cart that you're in at Disney. And I forget what the darn ride was, but it was a good one. Um, But, you know, when I did that and I got the experience, like the excitement on your kids' faces when you do that or like the Universal Jurassic Park stuff, like, man, it it revitalizes you in a way. Definitely gives it like a a refreshed uh, appreciation for dinosaurs. I actually have a shirt that says, um, it, it says something, it's a joke about dinosaurs and why they're extinct and said because they couldn't drink beer. And then that's my, my dad shirt. That's my dad dinosaur shirt. Like, dinosaurs are extinct because they can't drink beer. Um, 
So T Rex wouldn't even know how time. to get it up to his mouth if he even found beer. That that's right, man. Uh, well, I'll uh, I'll wear that for you proudly next time. Oh, speaking of which, oh, come here, buddy. Here, you can be my guest for just a second. So uh, we talked about the whole potty training thing. So we've got a child walking up to me um, with pants around his ankles because he's learned how to pee in a toilet, but he hadn't figured out how to pull his pants back up. Can you say hi to everyone? Hi. All right. Hello. And on, let me get your britches, buddy. Okay. It's just like being on a tour bus. You're like, hey, pull your pants up. Hey, pull your pants up and, you know, be sure to wash your hands. That's a very important thing nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, baby. Well, hey, go on now. Go play, play. Yeah. Remember, no pooping on the bus. No pooping on the bus. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there you go. He had a special guest appearance. I remember that the rest of his life now. Aww. Uh So when you're out on the road, do you ever bring them out? Do you bring them to special special events? I haven't really traveled with them. I think the first time I was actually going to travel with them and bring them out would be June. Fingers crossed if the show still happens. Uh, there's a festival we have in June um, in uh, Dover, Delaware. Um, and I was going to bring them out for that. And um, I grew up in Maryland. So Ocean City, Maryland was like the beach spot to hit uh, for me when I was a kid. And Delaware's right on that neighboring border there, Maryland. And um, Dover's actually an hour and a half drive away from Ocean City, Maryland. So I was going to bring them down for a show that we have in June. So, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood, pray to God, pray to whatever, um, that it still happens. But um, I want to be able to have them down. We are going to go to the beach afterwards. So fingers crossed, it still happens. Um, but I'll bring them out for things like that where we can kind of plan like a little getaway if we can around it. Um, and if not, you know, there's always the local shows in Nashville. I always love having them down. My youngest, I can't have him obviously stay for the whole show because, you know, he just wouldn't be able to handle it in the capacity. Um, but my oldest has definitely been to shows. He he hung out for a full Keith Urban show uh, a couple years ago. And he had a blast. Uh, Keith always wore, he always wore these wristbands. And it's kind of like a custom tour wristband they have made every year for the tour. And he was rocking out his wristbands and, you know, during... Uh, you know, during the day, I always let him hit the buttons. So, I mean, how can you tell a kid no to hit buttons on a Granime 2, you know, that make a whole big lighting rig flash? You know, it's like, because they're so stimulated by things moving or flashing, you know. So, when you give them that control of the buttons, you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it's kind of fun to watch and see their eyes light up. It's just, uh, it's in us. It's in, yeah. in, our, in our psyche that we love pushing buttons and make something very oh far away gosh. happen. And the, the more, the brighter and more colorful it is, the, the better it is to hit that button. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's just, like I said, it's, it's just fun just watching the look on their face. It's, I mean, I remember even uh, Keith's children, I had them out in front of house, uh, Keith and Nicole's kids when I was working with him. Um, they'd always come out the front of house and they were with the nanny and they'd just be like, Hey, this is Tony's this workstation. I'm like, do you want to strobe lights on your dad right now? And like, you know, Sunday's like, Oh yeah. And she'd go up and start, I'd show her where the strobe button was at. And she's <laughs> I always remember Keith would be looking up being like, are you Tony? Is that you? I'm like, no, nah, it's, it's, it's your kid. <laughs> He's like, well, you better watch your job. I was like, Oh gosh, that'd be funny. Replaced by the daughter. Uh, but yeah, dude, they're good people over there, man. I had a, such a blast working with them and a good family too. That's cool. Over my, over the course of my career, I've had a mix of people embracing children coming to work and people that are really frowning upon it. Yeah. Well, you definitely have both. But, but 
there's some people that just don't haven't experienced that, you know, um, and say, you know, if you had that perspective of a parent, I mean, like, I think, I think it's only frowned upon if you think it's more of like, um, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, if you bring them, it's more of you're showing around work, you know, but with respect to everyone else. I mean, I do believe that there's a level of respect to your coworkers, all the staff that, you know, they're just not running in there, taking things over, running on stage, running by several thousand dollars worth of guitars, you, you know, stuff like that. You know, I think, you know, keep them in my enclave in front of house in my situation, you know, um, catering, you know, there's a level of respect there. You pay catering usually for the meal. They just don't show up for a free meal. I think, you know, like I said, with all things considered, I think it's usually frowned upon when you don't show that level of respect if you're bringing the family around the workplace. I think it's always encouraged. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I do believe that there's a level of respect that you show towards the tour, the staff, and all the people out there working really hard and the equipment, you know, um, and from my point of view. Yeah, I often find myself pre-apologizing for what my children are going to do at front of house or to if, they, if they're going to push any buttons that anybody's unaware of. Because you can only, you, you can't handcuff them. They're going to touch a button somewhere. Well, tri- I, well, you as an MA user would know uh, what I always like to do. And this is a, a dirty trick I play on them. And my kids will be really mad at me when they discover this. Um, I put them on the backup console and lock the desk and let them hit buttons. And then I would be live on the other desk and like flash some stuff too. So like, I would know what buttons to hit that weren't really abusive or like, you know, make sure they're not hitting a JDC atomic strobe and blasting everyone out on, on the stage, you know, that, wow. uh, that, you know, so there's some trickery involved there. Well, and Asher's obviously like, again, Asher's a little bit more responsible if I have him down around like during a load in and that's happening like where, if I tell him to hit a button, he'll hit a button. Whereas my baby would just, you know, go mongo and everything, just start smashing everything. He definitely gets the desk lock. Asher gets a little bit more responsibility with my desk, I guess you can say, if that makes sense. So it's a natural progression. You go from desk <laughs> lock to you get the some audience <laughs> blinders to then you get the full rig by, by it's age. a rite of passage. Page 30 will give you the whole rig. Rite of passage in the family. Absolutely. Completely <laughs> concur with that. Uh, one of the best toys my kids got to play with was ground control. They didn't, I uh, couldn't pull yeah. them apart from ground control. They loved the fact that they could control the camera and they yeah. had the, some, some ushers with the ground control. And I think they were, I think they were six at the time and they, they loved that. Oh yeah, man. Gosh, even even the the uh, the stagehands, man, like you know, all the guys that op them for us at shows from the unions, dude. I mean, that's like a toy to them. I, that's like that's like our kids and a stagehand w- witnessing like that new technology for the first time, and it's just like a brand <laughs> new toy for everyone, which is good. Like I I love the enthusiasm I'm seeing from the locals, you know, when they get to see us because it's like. You know, they're not running up to an age-old spotlight, you know, up on the catwalk that they've got to deal with, like, oh, this piece of crap again. They're giving something new. They're giving something that's a little bit more efficient for everyone. And I think it's, there's this cool new kind of, like, rejuvenated passion to run spotlight again. It's just in a whole new kind of manner, which I, I'm really, I'm a really big advocate of nowadays. Absolutely. So, uh, is, is Asher old enough to make it through an entire uh, show? Yes, barely, because it was like... We got done to Keith's show and he just looked at me with this blank stare and he goes, that was awesome. 
I really got to go pee. And then we rushed him out to the bathroom, got him sorted. And then next thing I know, you know, it, I mean, it was late. It was definitely way later than his bedtime normally was. And him and the wife had to get home to, to get rest, but he made it. Um, he, it was kind of funny. So he, we kind of start to lose him at the B stage moment. Cause that's a little bit more broken down. And then once it started to ramp back up, like then I just remember it's like, uh, you know, watching that person just come back to life. He just kind of, I did, I caught him nodding a couple of times. And then like, once the show started to ramp back up, I just remember it was like, Oh, attention spans back up. And he was locked in the rest of the show. He looked like a zombie after it though. Cause I mean, for a young kid, I mean, it's a lot to go through. So I commend him for being such a trooper for his, uh, his first concert experience. He had a good one. Yeah. I've had to ask my crew a handful of times if I could skip load out to carry children out to the car like hey i've got twins man my wife can only carry one and i gotta carry the other one and we gotta get in the parking lot and and i love you guys but i I really i just can't leave my 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 children asleep in the arena for the ushers to clean up no doubt no doubt because the ushers they'll get you man they take their they take their ish seriously over there so oh especially off with this stick parts of europe where they've got the rope have you ever seen that where they just come across with a rope and they just start sweeping people out? Oh yeah. I remember that. I remember that in Russia. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely did that in Russia. Um, I remember this one guy's name was Sergey. It was such a Russian name. It was kind of funny, but like, I didn't know, man. Like, you know, this dude looked like he could have been ex KGB. Like he just kind of comes up to me and he's like, you have set list for me. And I'm like, I was like, kind of like the manner that he said it. I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to mess with this guy. You know, it's like, you have it, take it, take it. Don't kill me. You know, it's kind of funny because it's like, you have set list. I must have it after show. And I was like, it's all yours, buddy. Just don't hurt me. <laughs> but, uh, but and then again, though, I mean, he secured the shit out of front of house that night, though. He wasn't, he wasn't messing with any of his little kids. So anyways, but good uh, people over there. Very serious stuff. <laughs> what sort of swag have your kids taken from a show? Um, they love their belly swag. I gotta say like the, the blush swag with like her emblem on it, where it's kind of got the, the shoulder up and the other shoulder down. That's the, that's the big, like Billy, like you would recognize that symbol anywhere. Um, they love that. So I mentioned the Keith Irvin wristbands, uh, Asher had a, a pretty good run with them. He still keeps them on his dresser and his uh, on his nightstand in his room. Um, and, uh, they they actually you know because Billy's audience is younger they I mean they make pretty much clothing for a lot of younger kids I know that she released a line that uh, is specific to younger children so we have a couple of those things you know like again my kids man they'll they'll happily fly the flag for who I'm working for you know they're you know they'll always you know, they, the artist always becomes the aunt or uncle like Keith Urban was Uncle Keith for a while. And now Billy is Aunt Billy, you know, so we always kind of that's kind of like our our rock and roll, you know, uh, roadie aunt. We, you know, it's kind of like how we kind of perceive it. It's like, you know, our, our road family is our family out there anyways, no matter how you slice it, dude. You know, you know, a lot of those people that we work with out there, I hold just as dear as my own family. You know, I mean, they're there during hard times when I'm not, you know, I remember when I was abroad two separate times I lost grandparents and you know my wife and my kids you know unfortunately weren't there to comfort me but I had really caring artists and road crew that you know that 
do care, you know? So it's important to have a good camaraderie with all those sort of people, man. Sorry, Tailspin, for there for a little bit off of a swag to emotional uh, support from roadies. But anyways, oh, you that, gotta say that's it. actually it's a great way to go into another topic that I'd like to talk about is I feel like it's, I find it difficult to call my road family, my road family only because <laughs> my family is because you're separating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't like crew and I don't like buddies or coworkers, but I do like the word tribe. When I'm out, I like tribe, to yeah. tribe. When I, I come back to my family. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I do. Um, I think it's just like, you know, road family is just a looser term that yeah. you know is associated with it. Um, but, you know, when you look at it in a reality of things, it is your tribe, you know. Um, we're hunting buffalo in a way, which is, you know, money for <laughs> yes, our mortgages, you know, uh, you know, and it's, yeah. it's kind of funny how that uh, how that works. Um, you know, again, it's just there's just a camaraderie there that can never be replaced, and it's unique um, than anyone else. I mean, there's a lot of things you see out there together, do um, experience. You know, some traumatizing. I mean, I've had friends go through traumatizing experiences with other people. Um, you know, you know, as, as you see, you know, some of the accidents that we have. You know, with you know, you know, the Indianapolis State Fair, the stage falling. There's people out there that work together, know each other. You know. Um, you know, bus accidents, you know, there's, there's all sorts of things that, you know, can you get through together that your family is there for you, but they'll never truly understand because they didn't experience that with you, you know mm-hmm. I mean? But they're there for you no matter what, cause it's your family. But, you know, these people out there that you experience these things with, you know, there's a whole other kind of dynamic, you know, of the things you experience with them versus the things you do at home for sure. Absolutely. Uh, when I finished uh, the conversation with Keith Hoagland, that was something that was definitely brought yeah, up. Like, yeah. Man, there's things that you can only experience out on the road, but even when you're out on the road, you're thinking about your family all the time. And I, yeah. there's no real way that I can figure out how to explain that to my wife and my kids. No. Like, hey, look, I'm out on the road, but I'm always thinking about you. Yeah, I oh, may not 100%. be able to call you twenty four seven, but I promise you that I'm out there for you. And it, and it sounds counterintuitive to my to my eight year olds, but but I think they're starting to get it. They're like, oh, dad's out slaying buffalo to bring us home <laughs> the pelts, you know? Yeah, no, and you know, and it's it's funny how you know our significant other can, you know, spouse whatever can help explain that. Um, to the kids, you know, I mean, that's part of like making them understand that, you know, I'm not just out here for fun, you know, that went bye bye a long time ago, you know, I mean, still part of it's always fun to me, don't get it wrong, but the actual like livelihood experience, like when you first started this business, you, you got into it because it was fun, you loved it, and you wanted to experience the world and the culture and the technology and everything that we do that's really fun to doing these jobs. But as you get older, still keeping that that essence um you know it becomes more when you start to have family and children you know at that point you've done this thing where you know you sustain a family that way um and that's what takes care of them and that's the one thing i can fall back on i mean if i had to go to another job i would but to be honest like this is what works i have a system that works it financially takes care of my family really really well um 
and I just, I just, this is what works. That's all I know right now, you know? And so to try and make your family <laughs> understand that, you know, is definitely a really big task, you know? Yeah. I hope that you're in a good place to weather the storm while you're unable to go slay, slay Buffalo. Slay Buffalo. I, I am. I mean, to be honest, um, right now, um, I actually did have something written down. I wanted to say about this. It's really important that we all take the time to try and educate ourselves. Um, there's a lot of, like, I'll read, you know, vector works, you know, ACT lighting, you know, they're all doing these webinars or these, you know, different kind of, uh, you know, web tutorials and stuff like that, where you can really take this time to learn and hone your skills and do better. If you're kind of stuck in a rut and you don't have a way of really creating any kind of financial gain, what's the best thing you can do? Try and get better at your job. I think everyone needs to do that. I, you know, uh, no matter how good or how far up the food chain you are in this thing, you can always be better. You can always work at things. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to wrap my head around the Grand MA3 software a little bit more. Um, now, am I going to utilize that in a show just yet? No, not just yet, because it's still, obviously, we all know it's it's getting worked on, but it's, you know, it's getting there and it's got some really fun things I'm learning about. So it's been quite exciting to actually have the time to sit down and, you know, mull over a little bit more and, you know, you know, looking forward to hopefully when we get back at it, we'd probably be doing Latin America and South America into European Union and starting to brush up some plots for that because, you know, that might be a situation where we have a festival mixed in there where we need a festival plot or, you know, um, we can't maybe bring the whole thing down to South America because, you know, transiting down there is virtually it's, it's a tough task. So, you know, we might have to split up the rig a little bit and fright some stuff, um, you know, so just being prepared to have some options to present the production um, of, Hey, this is some options I came up with and you're ahead of the curve when this time comes. Cause like, one warning I can provide to everyone is when this thing lifts, man, there's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of shows are going to be happening. People are going to be trying to recoup money. So just everyone be ready to be working their tails off when this thing lifts because we're going to be hard at it. I have a feeling whenever um, it's time to get back to work. So, Absolutely. Uh, so what are you, what are you working on the most outside of MA3? Are you doing a little more, a little more vector works a little bit? Vector uh, works. Yeah. I mean like, uh, geez, vector works are so much like 2020, um, is really cool. I'm really liking the new MVR import that you can do there. Um, part of like the way I was pitching some of my lighting design to moment factory and the Billy was, um, I was actually doing a lot of the design lighting design in Vectorworks 2020 and exporting the MVR into the Grand MA3 and using the 3D pool. Um, the 3D pool, it looks great with the MVR imports in there. I'm really liking it. Um, unfortunately I had to kind of, you know, Jerry rig it in a way and just do some snapshots from the screen and try and just Photoshop it and clean it up good because you can't export from it yet. That'll be a feature that will come eventually. I'm sure. But, you know, exporting a JPEG out of the 3D pool, I definitely think would be a cool feature to have whenever it's time. Because now you've got these really pretty renders and camera angles that you can use, you know, within the 3D pool of the MA3 software um, to really just show off your your design. Um, mm -hmm. And again, like it, it took all the geometry that translated really well. There's a couple of times where it had some, some mesh faults. 
But um, all you have to do is just really strip it out of the show file and re-import it again. What I found was successful is importing your fixtures in a separate MPR file and then do all your architecture, like your trussing and arena and stuff like that. Do all the, ge- uh, excuse me, the geometry stuff separate and the imports are a lot cleaner. It just it's, If you do it all in one batch file, it's a lot for the machine to take. Mm-hmm. So if you do a separate invoice, uh, excuse me, imports, it, it actually works out pretty well. But anyway, it's just stuff like that. There's new stuff that is being put in our lap that isn't exactly honed just yet. I think there's improvements we need, um, but it's stuff to definitely get ahead of the curve on because that's really going to help. Because you, you know, like when you had the MA2 plugin in prior Vectorworks uh, things, when you wanted to import your plot into MA2, you had to do some syntax to be able to do it. Um, and there's definitely some guidelines you had to follow and multiple steps to do it where it's just like, okay, export MVR, dump in the console, good to go. You know, it's a lot quicker. It's a lot cleaner. Um, so as that refines, it gets better and more people start jumping on the protocols. It's going to be great for everyone, I think. So, and that's definitely something I've been trying to work on. Yeah. There's so many rabbit holes to fall down right now. And we've always asked for a little bit more time to fall down these rabbit holes and we're now we got it. nothing but time. Nothing yeah, but that, time. That and catching up on my TV. It's kind of funny. Like my setup right now is like my iMac is my Vectorworks or MA uh, on PC. I have my console, but it's stuck on a truck in Illinois right now because the governments are, you know, gov- you know, different states are shutting down. So I can't get that shit back to me to work on things just yet. Um, but that's why we had PC solutions. So basically just doing that on my iMac uh, along with Vectorworks. Um, on my laptop, I've just been streaming Narcos recently and just catching up on that. Um, That's and, a great and, series. And, oh, yeah, man. And then on my iPad, I've been just doing like the tutorials and just doing those webinars and stuff like that. Just uh, just trying to absorb and just stay sharp, man. Like I said, because when we get back at it, you know, we're all going to need to be sharp and come back with a vengeance, you know? So, yeah, I think we both agree. It sounds like you're in a good place to weather the storm. Trying to, you know, I think uh, everyone kind of has their own different situation. Um, my best advice I can give everyone out there is, man, just be positive. Uh, we're all going to get back to work. Just remember, we're all in this, you know, everyone's going to be affected in their own certain way. Um, the best thing we can do is be there to support each other. Um, uh, one thing I want to definitely uh, promote is the live from nowhere. Uh, you know, there's some really cool creative minds behind our business that are going in, that are putting in. Uh, trying to get some live remote stream uh, webcasts going with some pretty popular artists. Uh, their intentions are really good. Their intentions are to help donate um, through Music Cares, I think, and all that stuff to um, you know help some relief for all the people affected by this. Um, there's other artists out there donating their their, their money uh, towards things. So I think we have a really cool industry that gives a shit about each other. So and to see things like that happen, it really warms my heart. Um, and any way you can help guys just hang in there be tough support each other talk to each other man i mean if someone goes dark talk to them call them you know i mean we've all heard the horror stories about you know people going into dark places and very bad things happening to people we love um i I know i can't tell you how many times we read these articles sometimes chris you know either on plsn or you know on web forums and stuff like that or just facebook about some guys that are dead now, you know, killed himself or passed away to unfortunate health circumstances, you know? So, um, it's really important. We check in with each, within, with, with each other right now. And, um, just again, support each other guys, love one another and 
was that love all serve all is that what you have in there man i'll use one yeah of your that's, that's that's one of my favorite quotes i yeah. use that all the time yeah man um, right on thank you so much for your time tony i appreciate it. those are some some very sticking words of wisdom there <laughs> i don't know about wisdom but thank you um i'm, I'm just glad to just be here um i love lo- much love to everyone out there um can't wait to get back at it and show you some cool stuff with billy um keep in touch and yeah, everyone take care of one another and be good.